Hi, I'm Colleen Nelson, licensed therapist, trauma expert, and fellow badass woman ready to rise up right alongside you. This podcast, Let the Rest Burn, is for the woman who has ignored, attacked, or even silenced her inner voice because she thought it was broken and needed to be fixed. It's for the woman who is ready to rise up and fully step into her desire, her joy, her full power, and make the impact she was destined to make. For the woman who cannot stand one more second waiting, watching, and witnessing the world crumble and is ready to rebuild and expand into a better future. For a woman who is so done trying to fix the world, she decided to start with healing herself and she let the rest burn. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Let the Rest Burn. Okay, so I want to get into something that's very real today. Imagine that, me getting into something real. (laughs) But something that's an experience I'm having literally today. Now, obviously, I'm recording this podcast before you're hearing it, but today is a big day in my divorce recovery process. Today is a day that I didn't know how I was going to react to. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel. I had some ideas. I've definitely helped clients through this day many times. But as always, I'm always surprised by my own personal experience in in each step of this process. Today is the day that my ex-husband is introducing his girlfriend to my children. I feel all sorts of things about this. Most importantly, I am holding space for all the different emotions I feel about this. As a therapist, I naturally maybe not just as a therapist, but I'd say like as who I am as Colleen, I tend to tap into the bigger picture pretty quickly. I I do what I say. I pivot out of pain quick. And I pivot out of pain typically by accessing like a bird's eye view or looking at someone else's perspective or tapping into empathy for others. I don't always give myself the opportunity to feel the emotions that me, Colleen, the human, needs to feel. So this go around, I really tried to do that. When Mike told me, it was, honestly, I was a little blindsided. I wasn't expecting it because I hadn't known that they were this serious, but all the steps that were happening, obviously behind the scenes, I wasn't going to be a part of, which I think is something to keep in mind if you're navigating a divorce. You don't always know if your ex is dating someone or if they're in a relationship. And the day they decide to tell you might be, if you're in a good co-parenting relationship, uh, be the day they want to talk about introducing them to the children. This doesn't always happen, right? Like exes don't always ask permission or talk about it beforehand. Sometimes it just happens. Uh, But I believe, and Mike believes, that we want to have a discussion about this before we really introduce the kids to this individual as our partner. They might run into them or be around them in group settings in, you know, different circumstances. But as, hey, this this is a person I like. This is a person that I want you to know I'm dating. That's a really big step. And for my children, this is the first experience they're having of this. So it's a big moment for them. And I'll be very interested to see how they respond. 
it's going to be important for me to not project my feelings and my emotions onto them. And that is a tough one, y'all. I want you to hear me when I say that. Your children are allowed to have their own response to meeting your ex-partner's new girlfriend or boyfriend or person. So let's just talk about, you know, the the feelings I'm having, because I, I want to walk you through this so that if you are experiencing this or have, maybe I can normalize it for you. Or if you haven't ever experienced this, maybe you can better understand what this is like. For those of you that are happily married, that, you know, listen in and maybe learn something about this experience that hopefully you don't have to have. But I would say the first experience, the first emotion I got was relief. Now hear me out. That's that's kind of a weird emotion to get right away. It was relief that my ex is going to be in a relationship with someone who cares about him and who will make him happy. And that the guilt and the shame I have of no longer being that person gets alleviated just a little bit. Because I was the one that chose to walk away, even though I think his actions led to that decision, I have residual guilt around that, right? I feel bad. I don't like that he's alone. I don't like that he's hurting it. It makes me sad. And I have to have very firm boundaries around that because it makes me wobble in in what I really need to be doing and saying in this process. So to hear that he is with someone that he wants to introduce to the kids, it's like, okay, like this may not be my responsibility anymore. This is exciting for him. That quickly dissipated when I found out who it was. So here's here's the second piece of this. You may not like who they choose. It might be someone you know, someone from your past, or it might be a person that was part of the disillusion of your marriage, right? There are many times that those people they have affairs with end up being the people they choose to be with. So this one was a tough one for me because she was part of the disintegration of our marriage. And I have a hard time seeing her from a different perspective than that. But I'm going to try very hard because she is a human and she is somebody that, that loves him. And it's his choice, not mine. So there was this moment, right, when I found out that it was her that I was furious, right? It felt uh, like I'd been cheated on again. It felt like he punched me in the gut to have this woman meet my children. My children made me almost want to vomit in my mouth. (laughs) And it was that very like possessive feeling, right? Like these are mine. Don't, you know, you don't get to have them. Uh, And I get it. Like, that's like mother bear. I wanted to, you know, mother bear some shit up in there. (laughs) Like roar like a mad woman. And I did a little, but I tried my best to kind of deep breathe through it. And he was expecting it. I think that's why he waited so long to tell me because he was afraid of my reaction, as I think he probably should have been. But I was as honest as I could be, right? Like, I am not happy that it's her. I'm not. I'm happy for you. I'm not happy that it's her. 
she might be a perfectly okay person. Let, let's keep that in mind. She made a mistake. He made a mistake. But she might be a perfectly okay person. I don't. I don't know her personally, so I can't speak to the entire character of her being. And I don't want to, right? We've all made mistakes in life and I understand how that happens. I do have empathy, but I don't like that my children are going to be part of that now, right? So I had some anger and frustration and, and he and I went back and forth and this will happen. This will happen. I want you guys to remember this. It doesn't matter how amicable you are, how much time has passed. When you get triggered, you tend to revisit the wounds of the past, Right, So he starts to get defensive and name all the things I did. And then I double down and name all the things he did. And we get feisty and, and sometimes mean, right? You have to watch how far you take that because it can get bad. We got a little mean, but we did pull it back for a hot second and tried to take a break and come back to the conversation. Mike and I probably over-communicate. Just keep that in mind. We could probably use a, a few more boundaries around our emotional processing, but we're both very emotional people and are comfortable sharing that with one another. But it does make things a little dicey when we get mad. So, you know, this isn't, you don't need to have this robust of a conversation with your ex if this is you. But we did need to talk it through. Both of us felt like this was part of our personality and, and part of what we wanted to do to get through this. He obviously was feeling lots of guilt, you know, as he should, and looking for me to alleviate it. And I wasn't going to. This is not my guilt to alleviate. This is not my shame to deal with. His actions are his actions. And what came from the anger, and this was a piece that I was slightly surprised by, but, you know, again, I've seen it happen, right? I've witnessed it in others, but to feel it in me is completely different. I felt some pretty firm boundaries emerge in my body. Like this is a point of no return again. This is the point in which I decide there is no turning back ever for us. We're not going to come back together in the future. That's not ever going to happen. And I'm not sure that I was really invested in that, but I think there was a piece of me that was open to the possibility and this kind of closed that door for good. You know, the decisions he's making just further solidify for me that this is not a person that I want to align my life with as a partner. And so that initiated some boundaries I didn't expect. Mike and I do quite a bit of family time together. You know, we'll have dinners, we'll sometimes go on trips, we'll have uh, holidays together. And I felt the desire to no longer do that in that way. I do believe in family time, especially for certain occasions, but it made me really not want to spend time with him in that way. And that was tough. It was tough because it's a it's another layer of grief, right? It's another layer of grief of like, okay, now I'm losing this almost different version of a family that I was playing with and I have to recreate something else. Here's the thing, guys. I've watched Glennon and Abby do this with Craig. And I know that in the beginning, it's really tough. And then it just gets better. One of my best friends is, you know, 14 years into her divorce. So she's on the other side of this. And she loves her uh, bonus parent, right? Her ex's wife. 
And I know that this is possible. I do. I really know that that's possible. But for now, it's not. And I have to honor that. I have to honor that. And that was a tough one because I've always been the understanding one. I've been the compassionate one. I've been the one that forgives. And this one, I'm like, no. So he did not like those boundaries that I was setting. He didn't like it. It felt yucky. It felt like I was punishing him. And this is where that codependent cycle comes in, y'all. This is where I want you to really look at the dynamics in your relationship with co-parenting and post-divorce because you can still play into the codependency. Me setting a boundary felt like punishment for him instead of him being a separate being and understanding that his actions now created actions in me, he felt like I was cutting him off from a part of himself. And that's something he has to work through. So it brings up kind of stuff in both of us. And this very kind of happy moment for him is also complex. So if you are the person introducing someone to your kids, it might be complex for you as well. You might feel some guilt or or concern or feel like the new boundaries are punishment. And I just want to hold space for you as well. This is hard. This is hard stuff. It's an exciting moment, but it's also hard and we have to make space for both. So from that comes, you know, some of the deeper emotions for me, right? I have to sit with what that means. I have to sit with all the what ifs. And I think the emotional component for me is thinking about this woman making memories with my children that I don't get to. I think that's the most painful piece for me in all of this is I am not witnessing parts of their life that I deeply want to. And I don't think I'm going to get over that anytime soon. I think there's a radical acceptance, a painful radical acceptance around missing out on some of their life. And that is what I'm sitting with today. I'm sitting with that pain. I'm sitting with that sadness. I'm sitting with the relief. And there's a part of me that's sitting with hope. I I love being single right now. I love the time and the space and the energy I can devote to myself. I think it's powerful. I think it's a moment in my life that I want to treasure But, oh, man, do I look forward to the day that I meet someone that makes me feel loved and cared for again. I am so ready for that person to enter my life in whatever way they're meant to. And I think I deserve it. I've waited long enough. But I'm also okay if that takes time. And I'm okay if I need to wait for that to be years from now, honestly. I hope it's not. And I think that it's important to create space for that like yucky in between weird feeling that comes with my ex has found someone and I haven't. I do not want to act from a place of desperation. I don't want to be looking for a space filler because I'm sad. I'm holding space for me to feel this way. Tonight, I'm going to a new moon circle with one of my best friends And I am going to be held in a circle of women to share, to feel. I mean, this is what a night for this ritual, right? And I'm just going to let it be there. I'm going to feel it all. I'm going to feel the deep ache that I know is in there, that feeling of rejection, that feeling of abandonment that I know isn't necessarily about the situation, but it is activating my inner wound. I'm going to hold space for that little girl to be upset and sad and hurt and let her heal. I get asked the question all the time, how do we do the work? How do we figure this out? And the answer is you need to learn how to hold space for yourself to be 
to be in all of your entirety of being, to not need to push away the person that you are in order to accommodate others, but to actually be all of you all at once and to just embrace yourself. So that is what I'm doing today. I'm embracing all of me all at once. And I invite you all to do the same. Whatever you're navigating today, whatever difficult waters you're treading in, whatever incredible, exciting opportunities you are finding arriving in your life, I want you to embrace all of you. Don't push any piece away. Step fully into yourself, into your truth, into who you were meant to be. I'm excited to see where this leads me. I know that this will open doors in so many different ways in my heart. And I'm here for it. So I thank you all for listening. I, you know, want to leave you with some thoughts here. What does it look like for you to fully embrace the yuck? What does it look like to sit in the yucky feelings and not move to fix them, to distract from them, to pivot out of them, but to really be in the yuck? What does that mean to you? The other question I want you to ask yourself is, why is it so hard? What lessons did you learn about these yucky feelings when you were little? Did you learn that people don't like you when you feel feelings other than happiness? Did you learn that you invite more pain in if you sit in this space? Did you learn that nobody is going to soothe you? Or maybe is there a part of you that doesn't know how? Right? And These are great questions to begin to explore so that you can begin the healing process of holding space for the yuck. I would say the majority of us try and fill that space with things that will make us feel better in the moment, but don't necessarily deepen the work that we actually need to do. So let's all sit in the yuck today. I'm here for it. I'm here for you. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single second that you chose to set aside for you and the impact that you're going to have on the world today. To be inspired, to be seen, and to hold space starts with the very actions we take with ourselves. Look at the show notes for more information. Like and subscribe and share with friends if you feel inspired to. And as always, let the rest burn. Burn.